Welcome to Anonymous Anonymous, where it ain't that black. Oh, white. <laughs> I ain't white, though. That's right. <laughs> this is Joshua. And Anne-Marie. And we have our first guest here on the show. Hey. My cousin. Would you Hi, say everybody. Name? I'm Isis. So, we are going to be talking about child rearing. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how to fix our ugly if we can figure out that it's ugly. Mm, that's right. good. Figure out the ugly, fix the ugly. That's good. I am a fixer. And uh, I sleep with the pastor. Yes. And so... Sometimes. Uh, uh, really? So. <laughs> You gonna just uh, put my business out there like that? <laughs> you see, anyway, um, I'm curious about what we all think ugly is, because when we say ugly, that's always relative, right? So I'm kind of curious what you and Isis think ugly is—the ugly that we might try to fix, our ugly or the ugly we see. I would say I think my ugly is um, things I don't want to pass on to my kids that what I might be actively trying not to do, but maybe because I'm so focused on that, it gets passed on. So... Hmm. Like what? Can you give an example? Yeah, like I'm messy. Uh, I'd like not to... (laughs) What kind of messy are you? Sorry, I just... (laughs) <laughs> Yo, he may not make it through, make it through this episode, okay? Uh, Sorry, that was good. I'll have stuff everywhere, but I'm not dirty. Like I ain't got roaches and ants and other rodents around the house. But the kitchen might be clean today, and in a week, the table might be full of clutter. Yeah, whatever I put on there from coming from the outside, from the inside, whether it's mail, uh, my purse, uh, Luke's baby bag, stuff like that. Uh, I don't want to pay pass down generational generational curses. Uh, whether that is um, <clears throat> not being able to stay married. Mm-hmm. Um, having your kid know uh dick harry and sam um and uh not being able to admit your faults Mm. okay that's good there's a few things um i guess the ugly for me is not necessarily being as affectionate um and just with the hugs and kisses it's so easy when they're little and small and toddlers and you know you get hugs and kisses every day and for me the ugly is i see my oldest son is going to be 19 in another Mm. few months and i've noticed that he always initiates the hugs for me Mm. um but i've recognized in myself it's the opposite with the little ones is that I will go to them Mm -hmm. to get my hugs and kisses. Of course, they'll come to me too, but Mm -hmm. it's different with Jalen because he's looking like a man. And I'm like, 
why are you not little anymore? Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't want that to be the case, so I'm recognizing it now, and I will go to him and love and you know and, and kissing everything on him as big as he is. Yeah. <laughs> the other ugly is I have more patience. I work with kids every day, all day, and I have more patience for them, and I'm softer with them. And then when I get home, the patience is gone, mm-hmm. and I can just be. A bitch. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better word, it's right. what it is. I can just be bitchy. Right. With them, and I don't want that ugly to rear itself. Um, I don't want that to traumatize them later and be, you know, just. I don't. I don't want that to keep that with them. Yeah. Changing that because I can recognize it now and fix it now. Um, another ugly may be that um, I am the only woman in the house, and I make it known. And it's my way. <laughs> and I was a queen. <laughs> and it's the servant. Yeah. And I used to joke about it when I was littler, when I was younger, and they were littler, and I called them the go-getters and yeah. the go-doers. Yeah, yeah. But I'm recognizing that that's not fair. I can't be treating my kids like servants. Right. <laughs> Are you because sure? I, I don't know. Like, ain't that right? I go back and forth. Yeah. You know, that was my saying. Like, that's why you were around. They don't that's do it. The go-getter. Right. Yeah. But when I think about it, I don't want people to run them and take advantage of them mm-hmm. and them to feel like they're at everybody's calling realm and you know whim and they just do for other people yeah uh, they need to be spoiled and have people do for them so those are just a couple offhand those are think of. that's really good i you know two things came to me uh from the perspective of a man a i guess cisgendered man um and a heterosexual man at that. Cisgendered white. Cisgendered white heterosexual man, right? The top of the top of the pyramid. That is also a Christian. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. You name it. Pastor at that. Um, but, you know, the last thing you said, Isis, you talked about not wanting them to fit too easily into the function of servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking about that in terms of their relationships, their future relationships exactly. as well, right? Because for them, you know, you're a model in, in, in so many ways. And I know that I was raised doing that as well. Go getting, go doing. And I tend to, I have operated like that, you know, that uh, for me, being a good man meant doing a bunch of things, going and getting a bunch of things, mm. right? Being a servant. And I think that and there's that's a... probably why we're together because I need people to act because that's my love language. I need you to do things. Did you hear that? That's her love language. Go do some things. Yes, action. <laughs> Did action. you hear that love? Feel it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, see, okay. I guess my, when it comes, I say that because it's, like my little one, he just turned nine, mm-hmm. and he'll say, "Why can't you go do it? Why can't you go do mm-hmm. it?" And I'll just look at him because you're the go getter. Right? <laughs> but you know, but at, at some point, it you know, it's that's good. He needs to stand up for himself and say, "Yeah, um, he can't right now because he's nine, and <laughs> that'll go down a whole nother road yep. of yeah. disrespect." Yep. But I have to find myself and make sure I'm always saying thank you and I appreciate it yeah. and mm-hmm. you know just giving those those affirmations of you're doing a good deed because I'm asking you but still giving you the right to say not right now mom or in a minute and not mm-hmm. rare the ugly parenting like how dare you I want you to do it now you know right, right. Um, because he needs to know his worth 
And so that's why I'm very adamant if, if he's sitting around and, oh, mom, will you give me a pillow? Yes. And, you know, I'm doing things for him as well. So they kind of learn that now that, um, yeah, I'm the mom and you're supposed to spoil me and I want to be spoiled. Mm -hmm. But I need to make sure that I'm spoiling and, and giving back so they understand that you're just not the go-getter yeah. <laughs> that I'm raising you to be. Now I have to turn that off so that they understand um, and, and can feel the spoiledness and be appreciative for other acts of kindness towards them. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. Me and Joshua yesterday were walking uh, as we do late nights and we will do later on tonight. Um, and we it, it was brought up about how we tend to um, maybe not allow our kids to see certain things because we want to kind of like shelter them from that, right? So we don't want them to know that we're dating other people because... Not uh, currently. We, not currently. Well, oh, well, of course not currently because he's married. Y'all are married. But... <laughs> But, you know, back in the day, like, uh, we only, of course, we don't want to introduce them to, like I said, every dim, t well, as my mom would say, Dick, Tom, and Harry. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you go long stretches of dating people, but it never getting serious, right? And then out of the blue, maybe it's been four or five years, and then you introduce them to somebody, and then that relationship doesn't work out, then it turns out to be another you know, three years and you introduce them to the next person, it's, I'm not advocating that you should be uh, introducing your kid to everybody, but like filling them in about I'm daddy is, daddy or mommy is dating this person and um, this is what like a relationship looks like. And if it gets serious, then I'll introduce you to this person. Because I think a lot of times people are, parents tend to like, maybe not introduce them until you're like super serious with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, I think like sometimes if you're super serious with that person, then you're, I mean, I don't know if kids have a choice of who you pick at all, period, right? Uh, but if you're already super serious, and let's say that the the child doesn't like the other person. Now what? Yeah, but and so then they're still forced mm -hmm. to like be like, well, this is going, this is this is mommy's new fiance, and he's the head of the household, and he's bringing in the the bacon and frying it in the pan. So mm -hmm. we just gonna abide by because yeah. he's taking care of everything. The, the mom or the or the dad has had time to get to know this person, build that relationship, build that connection, and then it, the kids can be forced into it. Mm -hmm. Right. And have it forced on them where they don't have a connection with you. Y'all been dating for nine months. Right. I don't know who you are. <laughs> but at the same time I think I'm doing the right thing by not introducing them until it gets serious. But when I'm serious, I maybe have more blinders on it's that, a, but, a, but then how does the child react? Like a lot of times if the child has never been around you, the child has always had you. Mm -hmm. So they've always had all your attention. Mm -hmm. So when you bring somebody else that's in the picture, it's just like, like I've always had you like what you need this person for. Right. Like you, like, I don't, I don't understand why you bringing this person into our lives. And I can see both sides of it because now with 
the internet stuff and you really don't know what's true and what's not because you can create this whole persona and profile of who you are and with us being especially just coming from a single parent mm-hmm. perspective perception yeah all three of us we're guarded sure. yeah and so you want to ease into and then look for red flags and back off a little bit and ease into it a little bit and then when's the right time to introduce right um because we've got this thing there where I want this to be nice and tight before I bring my kid into it mm-hmm. and nice and solid instead of bringing in at a point where okay we're growing now let's see how we all grow into it together right so um what is it's it's, <laughs> it's a catch 22 on what's right and what's wrong because I'm definitely not introducing the first few dates I'm not introducing you're not going you might not know my kid's name <laughs> right right exactly you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah but i'm not secretive you know if i'm on the phone they know okay this is some type of intimate conversation this is a friend i'm smiling when i'm picking up the phone i may you know make that known a little bit but you right. don't need to know names you don't need yeah. to know none of that yeah yeah you're not knocking on my door <clears throat> picking me up no yes. sorry <laughs> but i mean it's it's, it's scary it's scary with everything that's out there now mm-hmm. so you're guarded and then the parenting part not knowing the right time or even if it's the right age mm-hmm. because now people are monsters and people do yeah. horrible things to their own kids yeah so you're even more guarded mm-hmm. with yours <laughs> yeah so, and i yeah. would i would say and i think some of the stuff that i found in some ways right people have probably always been monsters mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right but we didn't speak about these things quite as much. Things exactly. get swept under the rugs. Family trauma got passed down from one generation to the next. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that's on our mind in a way that it probably wasn't our parents' generation or the generation before that. Um, but we are talking about it openly now. And I think um, one thing you mentioned, Isis, in regards to... The, the balance between dating and um, the the your desire to not introduce um, a child to this person too soon, right? And yet, part of relationships is not just them lasting, but it's them ending, right? Mm-hmm. That's a truth of relationships, and I think. Yeah, I was brought up good. with the notion that relationships are supposed to last forever. Forever, yeah. And, that's and a, that led a, to a lot of pain. Yeah. Because Ooh. they they don't typically, right? Mm-hmm. When you do get a relationship that does last, it's special. Because the majority that you've had in life don't. Right? right? If they had, then you wouldn't be in the one you're in. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, and I think that's important. I think it's important that they know that so that we're not giving them a Disney view of human relationships but one that's real and and we always you know we don't take these steps without the hope that it that it may manifest into something better but we can't predict that or control that um before we go further to isis i just wanted to say we typically want to introduce people and you are our cousin Mm -hmm. but you're more than just our cousin Uh, You actually work with children on a regular basis and families, and you are responsible for countless numbers of children. Uh, Would you like to say just a quick little thing about what you do? And you don't have to be very specific, specific, but just general. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
Yeah, so I work with an after-school program. Yeah. Um, and in that capacity, I'm several different locations, hundreds of kids, um, making different relationships, seeing a lot of things, supporting families, mm -hmm. um, young staff, young mothers, different ages. So with with what I do, mm -hmm. if you're working with kids, ultimately you're working with families. Yeah, so that's right. A lot of different experiences and, and things that yeah. I've witnessed and yeah. and ex, you know experienced myself. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. I mean, I do. I just wanted to make sure that everybody that listens to this knows. You know, you're working with like countless numbers of people all the time mm -hmm. with these situations. So um, let's go ahead and like kind of like dive into like where we are with our kids to give like some real personal stories and. Be vulnerable because that's what you and I do. We we are vulnerable and sure. we invite other people to be vulnerable and um, pray that everyone will uh, allow us to do this and allow us to have faults and change And because we're human and we're always in a constant state of change, whether we want to be or not. Um, so I would say... Like I particularly, being a single mom, I think I my first time I ever introduced Aaron to somebody, he was like around three, mm -hmm. three, three and a half. And I dated a guy long distance, so whenever I would go back home, uh, he would interact, or whenever he came down, he would interact. And uh, I co-parent with Aaron's father. And uh, so, you know, if it was serious, where the, this person was seeing my child on a you know a regular basis, then I also introduced him to his father, um, and we always said that that's what we would do, right? Uh, and so there has been I think four guys uh, before, um, maybe four guys before I met Josh, or four guys including Josh, one of those two, uh, that I introduced. Uh, Aaron too and his father too and so Aaron has is is selfish with my time you know because he's an only child period uh became more selfish less selfish because Josh came into the picture like he loves Josh he mm -hmm. he he gives Josh he 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 told me in first grade that he wanted an everyday dad at that point I had actually I was so mad I was so pissed off that I wasn't thinking about no guys. I wasn't trying to be no, be around no guys. I wasn't trying to date. Mm -hmm. But when he told me that, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to put myself back out there on the market because why he has a father that's, you know, in his life, he can call him at any time and, you know, see him at his father's schedule. Um, but, you know, he wanted a dad every day. And so I was thinking to myself, well, I shouldn't shortchange him. Right. And so, you know, I started dating again and um, there were, you know, I think I definitely introduced Aaron to more than four guys for sure, um, because I had I had him what, like 80 percent of the time. Like mm -hmm. when you only have when I only have every other weekend, you know, to have a, a time to go date like. I can't date somebody every other weekend. And I, and I think other people have. And I think for me, it was just unrealistic right. to get to know somebody. <clears throat> but uh, recently, I have found out that his father has never done that. Like, 
his father has never introduced Aaron to anybody he's dated. I have, I don't know anything about who his dad has dated or been in a relationship with. But um, Aaron has seen something that he definitely shouldn't have saw um, or seen. And because um, grammar police is over here looking at me <laughs> sideways. Um, and... And I had a talk with his father and his father's friend, friend with benefits, whatever. And um, come find out, like, they are friends with benefits. Never has been told to me or anything of that nature. And she's been around. I've known her now for almost four years. And um, so Aaron is, like, definitely um, traumatized by that. And because they've been on again, off again with friends with benefits, but he's never, he's just like, well, you, you're supposed to be friends. That's not what friends do. Mm-hmm. And then they tell me that the relationship that Aaron has with his father is like, like, I want you all to myself <laughs> type of thing. Or he'll be like, oh, go get on the phone with your girlfriend. You're talking to this girl. Go get in the phone with your girlfriend over here. So he like throws it up in a way where it's just like, I see you spending more time with your girlfriend than spending with me. And so if he's even more clinging to his dad, but his dad has never taken the opportunity to introduce him to anybody. Now, his dad says that he has never uh, dated anyone long enough for it to become serious and Aaron's almost 11. So in these last 12 years, because we were never together in a relationship but just to pause he's an every other weekend dad right so he has every excuse not to true i just this yes. is the weekend with my child i'll talk to you or i'll holler at you next it, yeah exactly <clears throat> okay yeah that's true so you know so you've gone 11 years and you know i understand his trauma his trauma is that with his father his father had women running in and out, right? Like, he he met all these women. He's seen all these women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you know, we all know Uncle Jeff or Uncle Tom or somebody when they wasn't really your uncle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They was mama's side boyfriend or this person, you know, or something like that. Uh, and so he said that he didn't want to repeat that. And so I can understand that. But what you're giving him in these almost 11 years on this earth is an unrealistic idea of you. Mm-hmm. That you're not going out and having any type of relationships with anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't act that way towards me when I, like, when I was involved with Chris. Like, you know, it was like Mr. Ham Ham. And when he didn't see Mr. Ham Ham anymore, it was like, it wasn't no big deal. He didn't cry or break down. And when Josh asked him and TJ actually to help with the whole engagement thing, like he was elated, you know what I'm saying? And those were pretty close together, Uh, not intentionally, but, you know, that's how life had it. And, you know, like he would say, oh, I haven't seen this person uh, lately or I haven't seen this person lately. And it would be previous people that I have dated, but it wasn't. You know, I would sit down and tell him, like, oh, you know, we don't date anymore. Or mm-hmm. we would see them at the gym, and he'd, be like, come over right. and give them a hug, say hi. You know, they rap, and it's all good. And I think that shows him that 
you can be in a relationship with someone and it doesn't work out right. you may not you don't need to know all the details but right. you can you still be friends with that person right. like it's not a the end of the world if somebody breaks up with me because my parents have been together since they were in high school or since they were in college so this is what I'm expecting like Josh was saying like right. relationships are supposed to last forever and so <laughs> now it's like okay so now how do you repair this or how do you fix this or how do you change what you have been doing for the last 11 years? Or, or are you going to change? Are you going to keep it the same? Like, so for me, you know, that's what I'm dealing with right now. What, what about you? Well, um, I suppose two things that I would contribute here are relationships and in particular from the perspective of a pastor and someone that was raised in a religious household, the reality of divorce, not seeing it as a taint or a stain uh, that you carry with you like some sort of scarlet letter. I think as a pastor that was something that was particularly troublesome for me and when we spoke with Elijah about it, you and I, He had a very mature way of understanding divorce since his mother and I uh, went through a divorce. And uh, I was pleased, you know, I felt that I had not sort of burdened him with the guilt, right, that I had to work through as a result of going through a divorce as a religious person, as a pastor, because I come from a tradition where you didn't get divorced and if you did, Um, You were no longer able to be a pastor or work in the church in any way. And then secondly, I think that there's something that we may not have a lot of time to go into, but it's worth mentioning to sort of point that out, that the history of this country um, has a lot of history. So there is no such thing as the history, right? There's the history of reading textbooks, and then there's real history, which is a lot of histories, and they're not the same. And I know that... um, All families have difficulty with these questions, but because of the systematic racism and the generational trauma of slavery and the breaking up of the black family, I know that there is something additional in this situation um, that I think it's important to at least mention, right? Um, There are things that am experienced that I never did experience. Things that in some ways are particular Things in some way are particular to um, to her family, her story, their history. Um, and this is not to pretend there's not a ton of brokenness and dysfunctionality in the white family, but because of systemic racism, right? There was privilege, opportunity, network, and resources. Mm-hmm. And so the economic stress, just the extreme burden of hostility from the powers that be and society at large, I mean, that puts enormous stress on the family. Mm -hmm. And so the likelihood of a family making it through that kind of stress every single day is much less than a family that has a safety net and a network and social capital. So um, I just wanted to bring that up, you know. So I need you to be vulnerable and talk about things that you feel like you've done wrong in hindsight that you would like to 
change yeah with elijah well so in our i mean and wrong is like relative right because it was right when you were doing it sure but maybe when you look back on you're like oh the way it's manifesting in it in him you don't want anymore right i think that many of my passions which involve what some people would consider frivolous pursuits but higher education the humanities um i love literature i love writing it's one of the reasons i'm a pastor um I get to spend time in a great text and a number of other texts every single week. And um, so I gifted Eli with uh, certain passions that he holds on to and which have shaped him. But I left some things unaddressed. Um, things like direction, place, and awareness of some of the underlying hostilities, uh, not just to um, black people in this country, but to uh, Asian and Hispanic people. We would talk about it at the intellectual level. We would we would do reports on it in school, um, but we didn't delve into it. And I think um, there are certain behaviors that he has, which are I think in some ways naive because we weren't in those situations. I didn't put him in certain situations where he might be exposed or learn about in a very personal way some of the struggles. Um, And he asked questions now which indicate that level of naivete Um, and just kind of his overall ability to navigate difficult situations, what a lot of people call resilience. I think in some ways he definitely has some resilience because of the moving and the uh, cultural exposure that he's had. Um, But in other ways, he still has a lot to build um, before going out into the world on his own. So I think those are some areas that I want to try to address before his time with us in our home is over. So, Uh, Quick question. Um, How did you do with dating? Um, I, too, um, basically kept Eli from meeting people that I went on dates with. And truth is, I, I did not date people for very long, um, partly because they were unable, many of them, to, I think, deal with some of the complexity of um, a single father. Um, they kind of think they are and they're willing to entertain it for a minute but then they get into the evenings you can't go out and the times that you're not going to be able to be with them it's real right it is My it is responsible for all little person. that's right i can't just call you up and ask you to come out and meet me up somewhere like that just don't work and so that's been true in my friendships but also in the potential relationships that i've had um so i was told to not run a bunch of people across him and let him meet everybody. And so I definitely erred on the side of not introducing him to many people at all. I think Elijah met uh, one or two people uh, before meeting Am. And I think he had a sense that I went on dates from time to time, but not that it was a very big part of my life. And he definitely was used to having a lot of my time. Okay. 
So for me, it goes back years yeah. <laughs> before um, Jalen, let me see, Ooh, he's going to be 19. So Jalen was little, I was a single parent before I met my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dating life was, was different. Um, once I actually matured and was a dedicated mom and not a, you're at grandma's house mom. Yeah. Um, the date dating became a little different for me. I was very hesitant to to let anybody meet him. Yeah. I definitely didn't want people at the house where he laid his head. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, go to uh, you know, go to the men's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jalen has honestly met only two people prior to meeting my husband now. Mm-hmm. And those circumstances were just all right, <laughs> I'm bringing my kid with me. Yeah. <laughs> because I felt it strange that one person had two kids already, mm-hmm. and I literally met them the second, our second encounter, like I'm meeting his kids, and that was weird to me. Mm-hmm. And so it became a conflict because I wasn't wanting to bring my son around. Yeah. So we would literally have conversations that got heated because I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bringing my kid, but yet your kids is running around all up on me and I'm, you know, I'm love kids. And so I didn't judge him. I just, that wasn't going to be me. You weren't going to meet my child until I was comfortable to see if I wanted you around. Mm -hmm. Right. It was so fresh and new. Like I might get sick of you. (laughs) Hello. So, um, that was still, and, and just from how I was raised, I didn't see a lot of people, um, around my mom. And the relationships that she had lasted years to where I would look at these men as stepdads. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, and, then, and um, I know you brought up the uncle thing. My mom was very different. Nobody was family unless they were family. Yeah. She, you know, and not to get into their traumas, but mm-hmm. with all the abuse that took place, no, it's mm-hmm. uncle means they were blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's yeah. no confusion. Uncle ain't going off into the room. Yeah. Mom right. ain't sitting on uncle's lap. Right. There's yeah. No confusion on what this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Which, you know, yeah. how that runs rampant in, in our culture. Yeah, yeah. But um, just from that example, I guess, that was one reason. And at the time, my career was a police officer and just getting into knowing what people do. Mm. Nah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. We're going to leave, you know, my little one out of it. Mm. Um. Fast forwarding some years to when me and Adrian actually, we got together, have two kids, we've broken up, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do this, what they call dating. Yeah. <laughs> Not even knowing what the, the new definition of dating is. Right. I don't know if it's plenty of fish, Tinder, Facebook, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. who knows what this swipe is. Right, you don't even know what the hell you're doing anymore. That's yeah. right. And... Being that we were co-parenting, I would only entertain people when I didn't have them. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't like, don't come to my house because I still have Jalen laying his head here. So it was still, this is Jalen's house. Mm-hmm. So, nah, we'll, we'll meet out and we'll do things out and about. But they had no clue, the little ones. Now, Jalen, of course, he's there 24-7. So he's hearing me having conversations and mm-hmm. speakerphone right. while I'm cooking and this and that. So he knows and he's older. But... Even now, with the direction that things are going, I can't even grip my teeth to understand on how I would date again. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's 
Like now I have three boys. I have a grown man, 19, and then I have the two little ones who of course I will be co-parenting. But just thinking about when we did break up and dad, we had the whole agreement. If you meet somebody and get serious, I would like to meet them. And that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm finding out about you know, if I'm getting pushed down the stairs by the girlfriend's kid, I'm like, what yeah. girlfriend? Wait a yeah. minute, why are my kids around oh, this yeah. chick I haven't met? Exactly. Because, Em, you know me, I'm running backgrounds on Hello. the soccer coach. Let okay. <laughs> alone the girlfriend that you taking my kids around, I need to, I'm running credit checks on exactly. I need to know what's going on. Right. Exactly. So that, that did, I mean, we, we got into a big fight about that because I didn't appreciate it because it yeah. was just different for me. Like, you've known her for a hot second, but you're comfortable to have her around my kids. That mm. means you're comfortable for us to sit down and adult and me to look at her face. I exactly. Mean, I'm right. not going to scratch her up, talk crazy to her. Yeah, she's we ain't together. Yeah, <laughs> but I need to know who around my kids. I just want to know who's around my kids. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something with parenting. Um, just that, that respect factor. I yeah. don't want it to feel like it's a secret to my kids. Oh, we went over to such and then Right. Like it's like they don't, looking at me like it was something that they said wrong. Wrong, right. I mentioned now it. now they in trouble. And so and I don't want that in the air. Like, okay, you was at Vicky's house, whoever with yeah. dad. Okay, good. You have fun, you have a good time. Not who what? Wait, slow down. <laughs> yeah. Cause then they feel some kind of like, oh, was that a secret? Was I what not supposed to say? Yeah. I don't want any of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, dating, I don't, I don't know. That's weird right now. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to say, like, one thing that I've definitely tried to change, like, my mother was really strict, um, and I wasn't a bad kid. Like, she could just look at me, you know, give it that black mama look. Some of y'all know what that is, and I'd straighten up. Right? Mm -hmm. There was a. I would say only a few times where we would go into the store, right? Okay. (laughs) Yes. Uh, A few times we'd go into the store and it's like, don't touch nothing. Right. And of course you gotta, you gotta try your mama. You know what I'm saying? So you go in the store touching this. Can I have this? Don't touch nothing. Don't ask for nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm touching this and asking for this. And she was like, she looking at me like, I know I didn't told you before we got in this store. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom didn't talk like that. She spoke very proper English, but uh, and so I'm touching things, and she, you know, my mother has has these huge hands like her father, and she'd grip my neck and just squeeze it, and I tears would just be coming out of my eyes. Like I'm not crying. I'm not <laughs> none of that. It's just pain, mm-hmm. and I know, like I'm not trying to. I'm not supposed to cause a scene either. Right. Right. You know, these are things that we're called to do uh as children and so I think initially when I first had Aaron like I'd pop him upside the head like I I got popped upside the head or I saw my mom pop up other people upside the head and I remember one time Aaron was three I went to give him a high five and he like ducked because he thought I was getting ready to hit him and I was just like "Uh uh-oh those aha moments that yeah really they make that that pit in your stomach like, did that just happen? (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, wow, I have got to change. I can't hit him like I was hit. Right. Uh, No two people, no two kids, no two siblings are the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
I I really didn't know what to do because I really didn't know much outside of being spanked or being put in timeout or having corporal punishment or uh, or regular punishments or you know something had to happen if you didn't do what I said when I said do it and how I said to do it and so it has so from now until almost 11 so for for the last like seven years I have been due diligently no that's is that a word due diligently you meant exercising due diligence yeah but due diligently sounds good too okay um I have been not necessarily doing so much research, but like learning from other people. I'm a more kinesthetic person, so mm-hmm. I could read something and, and understand and comprehend it and do it. But I like to hear how other people implement things. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot of stuff from my sorority sisters. Big shout out to Janice. Um, but like a lot of their kids are younger. So it's just like my kid is like, twice the age of your kid or three times the age of your kid mm-hmm. like I don't know how to do what you're doing with your you know three or four year old with an eight nine ten eleven year old like mm-hmm. <laughs> those things aren't the same like me calming him down giving me a giving him a hug asking him how he's you know doing those things like if I can do that with Luke going forward right but how do I figure out how not to spank because like i've i've learned how to use that as a last resort which is progress right because i was spanking every time uh because you're gonna at some point in time you're gonna get tired of getting hit right so then you just gonna do it that that is what i feel like i was taught Mm -hmm. that at some point in time you're going to the, the light bulb is gonna come on for you and you're going to be like, I'm just going to do what this crazy woman keeps telling me to do so I don't get a spanking. Right. And so that never happened. It w- The other light bulb went off before that, <laughs> light bulb, right. before that light bulb went off. And so I have learned how to ask questions, to check in, to say, where's your head at? Why were you thinking this way? What made you do that? Like... If I call your name and you say yes, and you know that I expect you to come to me or yes, ma'am, and you're playing a video game, like don't say yes, ma'am, and think that I'm going to continue to holler these directions to you, you know? Yes. So, so like, (laughs) but at the same time, like, I'm not going to bark down your throat because you didn't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I need to come to you, I need to come to you and check in and say, okay, let's take a pause. Like, what's going on? Right. What has you so entranced that you can't come see what mama wants? Like, yeah. what's happened? And I think what I've learned a lot. It's a lot of growth. Man, huge growth. <laughs> I am uh, not the same person. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> well, um, I think you, you take a problem-solving approach. Yeah, because it, it's a problem. right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's there, a problem. There are things that you see as a problem, but you put the onus on them. But you're happy to partner with them. Like, let's address this problem. It's a problem for me when you don't do that. Right. Yeah. What's causing that problem? What's causing this? You know it. I've told you before. Mm-hmm. And you've even told me now. And so how do we 
how do we address this? What's getting in the way of you complying with my expectations? You fulfilling those, right? You've agreed to them. Right. Now I realize it wasn't much of a choice because this is the house you have, but, but nevertheless. But also too, like, do do my expectations right. need to change? Right. Like, and that is probably a big part of it. My yeah. expectations are going to have to change about what I expect from them. Now, like, some things are negotiable. Sure, sure. sure. Some things are not. Like right. I'm like you need to get straight A's. You bring home a B, it better be an 89. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm gonna be fussing about that. That's a problem. I got that from my mama. But uh, but we other put things. We gonna put a pin in that and come back to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, so I I definitely, and I don't know if it has, if it it definitely probably has to do with my a lot of my community outreach, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out, I mean, even when I got out of the military, I had very high expectations of people. And I had to realize, because my mother had high expectations of me. My uncle ran a track club for many years, had high expectations for everybody. He was getting bangers and dope dope slangers, like off the street, running track, out here winning national championship titles. We got the fastest, mm-hmm. you know, 100, 200, four by one, long jumper, triple jumper in, in the whole United States. Like we had that out of Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. So I have high expectations. I, I want to show you what I can do and prove you wrong. Like I just found out that I was a warrior, warrior. and I have the chip on my shoulder the size of Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but like, I need to do that. But my grandmother, you know, she had five kids. And she, after she had all those five kids, she went back and got her bachelor's degree in sociology. Like how many women were born in the thirties and we're doing it after yeah. having five kids, failed marriages, you know? So, so you know, that's, that's why I just, I just wonder yeah. about, and, and that's, that's what, that's where I'm at. You want to reply to well, finding patience? Well, first of patience. all, I just want to say that that's a lot of growth. I'm not there yet because it still annoys me to no end. For me to call your name and then you say yes ma'am and then it goes silent because <laughs> i'm still waiting for you to come here <laughs> it annoys her too i, I, I said it annoys her too right from right from yeah yeah so yeah. i'm gonna try that and i'm going to get out of my go-getter mind frame mm-hmm. and i'm going to go to them and and we're going just talk about that so thank you That's yeah good. um i wanted to put a pen in the in the just the the grades mm-hmm. um because we're the same yeah the a's and b's that was the expectation anything lower than okay we need to rethink some stuff um that was an expectation that was unspoken in the house because my kids are just so extremely smart yeah (laughs) so i've never had to you know counsel or coach or anything about a b or c because they never brought them home right on the flip side is when took a got us first beat and had a mental breakdown. Yeah. Come on now. Now that's Let's talk about I that. didn't know what to do. I was like, but he was a, so hard on himself. Yeah. Yes. He was so hard on himself and just trying to parent and and mm. get him through that to see, no, you're not a failure. Yeah. Let's work through where the mistake was right. and, you know, make sure we understand the problem. The grade is the grade. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. Right. But it was the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. And that threw me 
into, I was like, I never really you thought know, about you bringing, you know, having this much pressure on yourself. Right. When it wasn't me putting it on you. Mm-hmm. So can, can you ex- give us a little bit of background of recent uh, things that have happened and so what's Tugabin's going through? So recently, uh, he's got a diagnosis of trichomania, where he pulls out his hairs. It started with eyelashes, and now it's he doesn't have any eyelashes anymore. So now he's pulling his hair out of his scalp. And so with this diagnosis, the treatment that we're getting him, of course, you really, unless you go into the pills, we're not doing that. So we're doing a treatment where they kind of assess him on his right brain strength and left brain strength. And basically, depending on which uh, side of the brain is stronger, there's some different attributes and characteristics and things that come along with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning about his character being right brain strong is that um, it's the compulsiveness, it's the being kind of just blunt and, and for anybody else it's sarcasm, but for him it's just the bluntness of it and the not necessarily connecting the feelings of what comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very, very critical of himself. Yeah, right. Just super critical of himself. Um, so all these different things that you're that we're dealing with, but also the fact that with this compulsiveness, he cannot control it. Mm-hmm. And so the disappointment in himself that he can't control it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do to fix it. And so we, what we learned, and literally last night before, um, while we were watching a movie, getting ready to come here, I literally had to say, Tuka, 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 I have to do it in a certain tone, and I have to look at him, and I have to have this very soft, laughing, loving kind of Tuka, you know, when I say it. And literally, while I, he thought I was working, but I was literally on the phone keeping track of how many times I had to say that. I said his name 45 times oh, in wow. a 30 minute time frame. I would literally, he's pulling his hair, Tuka, Tuka, like it was just like I was making a rap song or singing a beat, Tuka, Tuka, Tuka. And just, and the look on his face because then he would get frustrated. I'm like, no, 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 you're all right. You just don't need to get, you know, frustrated and upset. I'm like, I'm just, we agreed. And I had to have an agreement. Yeah. This is an agreement that this is the way you agree that I can remind you, I can say Tuka. Yeah. And I'm like, is that still the plan or is that causing more frustration? Right. And he's like, no, no, that's still the plan. But that for him is like having this meltdown about the beat all over again, but even 10 times worse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Wow. And it go and man, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And, and it like, it's a lot. Tuka is extremely smart, extremely great man. at sports. <laughs> Uh, will hunt you down, will <laughs> run you down, will shoot basketballs around you 24-7. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty ama- He's a great kid. He's uh, a great kid. He's very smart, and he's very athletic. He's just a natural athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With anything he's tried, he's excelled. Yeah. yeah. He did flag football, running back, the right. quarterback just making all the touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> right. Soccer, he's ooh, the best goalie you could ever see, but then he'll get out there and go score, you know, three or four goals. Yeah. And of course with basketball. Yeah. Just can yeah. play any any position on the court. But when it comes to those other things and really sitting back and how he can cope and you use the word resilience, just kinda 
deal with this particular issue. It, it gives some definition and some understanding behind some of the things he does and the reasons why. Like yeah. I have to explain it. Well, you know, they, they were right when they said <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's still the helplessness behind it as a parent. Yeah. And how do you get past it or help them get past it or if he's going to get past it. Because yeah. as quickly as it happened, it was right on with all the research. Yeah. 10 and 11. Yeah. Literally, he turned 11 in January. Yeah. Yep. So past up. year was like, this is the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I'm is- I'm wondering. I don't want to bring it to a premature close, but if we can maybe do this as a part one and pick back up tomorrow before you have to leave ISIS, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think we're at a stopping point for the whole conversation yeah but maybe for tonight so it can be a part one and a part two i mean when you deal with something as significant as child rearing um that's not that black and white it ain't that black and white and it's not easy easy. (laughs) it's not quick yeah so um yeah maybe maybe we can i'm thinking just conclude temporarily until we pick it back up so we hope y'all you know, will enjoy this part one, which was really just kind of an introduction into some of the things that have been percolating, you might say, for each of us in different positions where there's overlap between our experiences, our practices, what we were told, what we were led to believe, things that we're discovering about ourselves, things that we want to push against, things we don't want to pass on. And I think that's something that haunts every parent And um, so I encourage you after this part to think about, um, you know, some of those aspects of your parenting or your potential parenting, right? If you're not a parent yet, but things that you would consider wanting to pass on and things that you definitely want to correct. I think we called that the ugly uh, earlier, and we've been trying to kind of maybe unpack a little bit about that. So... Um, nothing's black and white. This stuff sure isn't. But we're so glad that you've uh, journeyed with us, I guess, in this bit of grayness. And uh, we hope you'll join us for part two. Yes. And again, we are Anonymous Anonymous. There are things that we can name and there are things that we can't. It ain't that black and white. Peace.